You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's take you around the league with a good friend of the program, Russell Baxter from NFLSpinZone.com. Russ, as always, we appreciate the time. So you know history, and you're aware that Matt Flynn held the Packers together the last time Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. Do you think Brett Hundley can do something similar? I have major doubts this year. The situation is a little different um, because you will recall Matt Flynn. Um, I want to say Seneca Wallace was also in that mix as well. Um, they went through several quarterbacks while Brett was out for those seven. Now, you will also recall that Brett, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers came back for the final game at Chicago. Right. And late in the game, you know, rolled to his right, found Randall Cobb wide open, and they clinched the division. So we, we, we don't know. They, the Packers announced today that he's going to have surgery on the collarbone. So we don't know if he's necessarily going to be out the duration of the season. They've been very hesitant to announce that yet. So, I mean, can they hold on? for a couple of months um, and, and see what happens. Uh, you know, I'm, I've learned to never say never in this league, okay? And uh, if, if you don't believe in never say never, just explain the first six weeks of this incredibly wild NFL season. Russ, you mentioned never say never. Some said that Adrian Peterson would never have an opportunity uh, to play good football again. They thought everyone thought he was done. This Adrian Peterson effect there in Arizona, how long do you think this type of football lasts? Well, I mean, <laughs> as you know, Cordell, he's got fresh legs this year. Um, right. He, he, didn't, he barely played last year, and the Saints didn't really use him this year. So he comes in here uh, with fresh legs. Is he going to be able to do what he did yesterday? Every week, you know, I don't think so. I mean, and, and, and Arizona's been banged up on the offensive line. I mean, Arizona came into that game yesterday, dead last in the league in rushing. I think he'll run adrenaline for a little time. And listen, he's a competitive guy, to say the least. So, you know, if they're willing to give him the rock and give it to him a lot, um, you know, that's the thing. You know, New Orleans is a team that's kind of used to backfield by committee even though Mark Ingram's run for 1,000 yards on occasion, okay? But Arizona might be willing to give him the ball as a plow horse for 15, 17, 20 carries. And as you well know, you know, he's a physical running back who very, very well could wear down an opposing defense even in the latter years of his career here. Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Russ, I'm sure you were tweeting at Mercury Morris. Enjoyed the champagne yesterday. The Dolphins can celebrate. No one's going undefeated. Did Pittsburgh's win on the road in Kansas City tell you more about the Chiefs or the Steelers? Well, it tells me that the Chiefs continue, the Pittsburgh Steelers continue to have the Kansas City Chiefs number. Um, you go back to the beginning of last year, Brian, uh, Including the playoffs, which we, you know, they lost to the Steelers. Kansas City is 17 and six. Three of the six losses are to the Pittsburgh Steelers in all different ways. They got blown out on a Sunday night at home. Uh, yes, last year in the playoffs, Pittsburgh couldn't even score a touchdown and still beat them. And in this game here, um, this, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, but the common link in all three of those games. Le'Veon Bell putting up enormous, I want to say like a buck forty, a buck seventy, and a buck seventy and change against this Kansas. This is a Kansas City defense that relies on takeaways. And if you take care of the football against them, 
um, you're going to be able to beat them. What, what, what will be interesting now is we talk about Pittsburgh having Kansas City's number. Kansas City is at Oakland's number. And on Thursday night, the Chiefs go to Oakland, and they've beaten the Raiders five in a row. And the, right now the silver and black looks like uh, the silver and bleak. Mm. And how about the Minnesota Vikings? This was the team that I actually picked to win this division, and this was even when Aaron Rodgers was healthy. Uh, what, what you see them doing on defense, I think we've been seeing them do it for the last couple of years, out, outside of after the first five games and North Turner leaving, Coach Zimmer and his eye issues, having to go to the hospital, kind of threw them off just a little bit. Uh, but what you see with Case Keenum even, um, do you believe in what they're doing uh, that basically looks as if it's truly going to give them an opportunity to beat a better team in the NFC North. Well, what they they did and what they've been able to do um, is revamp that offensive line. And they were a little banged up on there yesterday, but still, you know, they brought in, uh, you know, what, Mike, Mike Remmers and Riley Reef as new tackles. Um, you know, Jarek McKinnon was always a, a productive back. It's a shame that they lost – uh, the rookie Dalvin Cook, they still have Latavius Murray, um, and they have received. I mean, what was impressive about what Minnesota did yesterday is less about not having Sam Bradford and more about not having Stephon Diggs. So Case Keenum has been the better quarterback when he's played so far this year, and if Minnesota's defense, which last year eventually wore down um, because of the lack of offensive support. Remember, they were very easy to run on during that you know three and eight stretch after the five and zero start. They look like they're kind of up to snuff again when it comes to that defensive line, you know. And they're loaded at defensive end: Daniel Hunter, Brian Robeson, Everson Griffin. I mean, this is a team that's loaded. And not surprisingly, Mike Zimmer, you know, in his days with Cincinnati, in his days with Dallas, and his days with everybody, he's always had deep defensive lines. Russ, difficult to get a handle on the NFC South. Saints, though, a couple weeks ago, prior to the bye, coming up with their first shutout since 2012 when they blanked Miami. They scored 52 points against the Lions yesterday. I know Matthew Stafford was banged up and Golden Tate got injured as well. But overall, how much could you be buying New Orleans as a playoff team? Well, you know, when New Orleans won the Super Bowl back in 2009, okay, their defense wasn't great. But what they did was, in 16 regular season games, Brian, they had 39 takeaways. They followed that up with eight more takeaways in three playoff games. And yesterday you saw, I mean, Matthew Stafford turned over the ball five times, and New Orleans scored on three of those turnovers. Um, of course, I'm still a little skeptical <laughs> about the defense. i got to be honest. At one time yesterday, they were up 45-10. And the Lions uh, kind of creep back into the game, to say the least. So um, at least they're getting to play. The problem with them the last couple of years is uh, they couldn't stop anyone and they weren't getting the takeaways. You know, and I don't know how the, flip, the switch flipped after the 0-2 start. Um, but, you know, this is a division where everybody kind of plays. There's no defensive standout in this division. But yet, when you look at the quarterbacks, probably from top to bottom, meaning all four, the NFC South's pretty loaded. And, and let's not forget, this is the division has sent the last two teams to the Super Bowl for the NFC. Speaking of NFC, let's go to NFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz and this team, LeGarrette Blunt, Alshon Jeffries, uh, Torrey Smith. Um, I mean, 
what more can you say about what they're capable? Carson Wentz is being solid. Team right now five and one. There were some conversations about Coach Schwartz undermining Doug Peterson, but yet he gets a phenomenal win with the Philadelphia Eagles, having a chance to to beat a Carolina Panthers team in Carolina, who we thought has finally made it because their quarterback and, and Cam Newton put up 300 yards passing in two weeks. How good is Philadelphia? Some of the names you didn't mention, my friend, are Jason Peters and Lane Johnson, uh, who didn't play Thursday, and believe me, Carolina did their best to take advantage of that. Uh, getting Timmy Jernick and Cordell from the, from the Baltimore Ravens in the trade, I, I, I still don't understand why Baltimore made that move, but Philadelphia, I don't blame them. You pair him inside with Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox mixed a little time, but Timmy Jernigan was able to move up for that. They drafted Derek Barnett in the first round. They brought over Chris Long for a little veteran leadership. You know, I don't know what happened between Schwartz and Peterson. I know this is a team playing with a lot of confidence right now. And last year they were 3-0, and and everything kind of fell apart. But they also showed flashes last year. They were the first team to beat Minnesota last year. They beat Atlanta last year, the Super Bowl-bound Falcons. What impresses me about Philadelphia right now, besides the trenches, this was a team last year that won in Chicago in week two and then proceeded to drop its last seven road games. They're 3-1 and one on the road this year already. Russ, great information as always. As we say goodbye, always looking for a pop culture connection with you. So I take notes. You did go with... Never say never. Cordell is a believer. We could talk about Justin Bieber. Of course, I'm going to think about Sean Cummery and the comeback vehicle. Never say never. Give me your power rankings of James Bonds on the fly. Got to be Conry one. Who's in your two hole? Oh, Roger Moore for sure. Okay, let's keep going. I'm going Pierce Brosnan number three. You with me? I I like yeah. I like I like Pierce Brosnan just about everything he's done. I mean. Listen, he should have gotten an Oscar for Dante's uh, peak. So Very very well done, although I'm more of a volcano guy when they went back and forth with those movies. Daniel Craig, I guess, four, but I don't love a blonde Bond. I don't like a blonde Bond. No, 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 no. 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 I was, I mean, right. by the way, talk about pop culture references. Do you remember the night at the Oscars that Michael Caine was there and both Roger Moore and Sean Connery and the three of them? Just a, away an Oscar? a night for the ages. Now I'm going to take you off the board. David Niven in Casino Royale. And say goodbye to that one. Oh, well, yeah. David Niven, though, at the podium when the streaker came out during the Oscars in the, in the early 70s. Russ, nobody wants to talk about your shortcomings. Enjoy the rest of your <laughs> yes. evening, and we'll chat with you soon on the NFL on TuneIn. Try the deal. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.